much more than fathers have this way of showing us what unconditional love is. Just by the way they sacrifice and they have a tremendous selfless commitment that motherhood demands. And mothers are really good at giving advice too, aren't they? Um, I can remember uh, my grandmother, Annabelle Robinson, who said, don't drink, smoke, or chew, or go with girls who do. (laughs) My mother was, you know, you're never fully moved anywhere until you unpack all the boxes, right? I was looking in a box just yesterday for something uh, that I needed yesterday morning, and uh, I came across this. You can't hardly see what this is. It says Living Proverbs on it. It's actually um, a, a paraphrase of the book of Proverbs that's written in short verse. And um, I remember my mother as we were growing up. There were many nights she didn't send us to bed. What she did is she went to bed and made us come in there to tell her good night. And when she did, she almost always had this book of living Proverbs out. The date on this, when she gave this to me, is February of 1974. And I can remember, as we were getting sleepy and tired, what mom did is she would read a proverb or two, and she would ask me and my sisters, well, what does that mean, and how do you apply that, and how do you work with that? Okay, you're getting sleepy, go to bed. And I still have that. Um, Just one of those things, you know. My mother also taught me patience. She taught me how to wait. She would say things like, wait till your father gets home. (laughs) A friend of mine back in Virginia told me, he said, what my mama used to say was, I love you and I spank you so other people will love you. And another one of my friends said his mom told him the best advice he got was the best way to get rid of work is to do it, right? But perhaps the best advice that a mother ever gave was what Mary said to the wedding workers at that wedding that happened in Cana. In fact, Mary's advice is practically the only words that John writes that Mary said in his gospel. It's just these. We look at John 2. We're just going to look at this briefly today. Um, this, This is not one of those super, super deep sermons, and I'm not going to be syrupy sweet either. But there's a point here that I think is well worth all of us remembering. John 2, starting at verse 1. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. 
Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used for Jews for ceremonial washing. Each held from 20 to 30 gallons. Think about the size of that, made of stone. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside, and he said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine, after the guests have had too much to drink. But you, you have saved the best till now. Now, I realize in the larger context of Scripture and and the story of Jesus, I understand what's going on here. I, I know the fact that this is the very first miracle that we have recorded that Jesus did. But did you notice the exchange between Jesus and his mother? Where she looked at him and she said, they're running out of wine. And Jesus said, why are you bothering me? Now, I think he said it very respectfully. And in fact, that's reflected in the the NIV where it says, dear woman. It was a matter of respect. But did you notice that Mary didn't say anything else to Jesus? Kevin Lehman, a family psychologist who was... um, at the University of uh, Arizona for a number of years, has worked with Focus on the Family for well over 40 years. And, and, and family psychology is his thing. He says, it's not written there, but he knows exactly what happened. Because when Jesus said, well, what do you want me to do about it? Mary gave him the look. Have you ever got that look for you, your mama? Yeah, there's another great principle here that we don't always point out. But Jesus always gives his best. And everyone around him knew that. Some didn't accept it, but they always saw that Jesus gave his best. Usually when we're talking about this, there's a little detail that we are likely to overlook, and that's Jesus' mother's instruction. She, she said to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Now, 
We, we know this was spoken to the servants of the master of the house, yet it is really good advice. You see, Mary had raised Jesus. She knew how he was born. She knew of his unusual wisdom, how at the age of 12 he was amazing the teachers that were at temple. She saw his compassion to others grow through the years. And she knew that she could count on him to help in this crisis. Weddings back in that day and time typically were at least a week long, at least seven days. And the host provided food and drink throughout that whole time for the wedding party. And to run out of wine before the end of those days would have been a major social faux pas. It would have been a huge mistake. It would have left a mark of stigma for many years on the host. So Mary turns to Jesus knowing that he could do something to avoid the embarrassment of the host. Now, what that was in particular, I don't know that she had that in mind. But she knew he could do something about it. And so she tells the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Now, you may have noticed that your note page in the bulletin is blank. This is your note for today. Write this down in the bulletin. Everybody grab a pencil, grab a pen, grab your bulletin, write it down there. This is the point for today. Do whatever he tells you to do. Can you hear what the servants must be thinking in those moments? Grab the ceremonial jars? Doesn't he know that that's going to make those jars ceremoniously unclean? If we do anything to them, then what they're designed for? What are we supposed to do? Do whatever he tells you to do. Put water in the jugs? But we're out of wine. Not out of water, everybody. Do whatever he tells you to do. Take a cup full of water to the master of the ceremonies. Is he trying to get us flogged? Everybody, do whatever he tells you to do. Sell all of my possessions and give the money to the poor? Do whatever he tells you to do. Go wash in that dirty river Jordan and I'll be healed. Do whatever he tells you to do. Go sell all of my possessions and and then come follow him. Do whatever he tells you to do. All ten of us are covered with leprosy. And, and you want us to go and show ourselves to the priest at temple looking like this? Do 
whatever he tells you to do. We've been fishing all night without a single bite. What do you mean? Take the net and throw it on the other side of the boat. Do whatever he tells you to do. Go to Damascus and I'll get my sight back. Do whatever he tells you to do. You mean I I have to deny myself in order to follow him? Do whatever he tells you to do. Call out on his name, cry out, asking for forgiveness? Do whatever he tells you to do. And, And why baptism? Do whatever he tells you to do. You mean I have to go under the water? Do whatever he tells you to do. I want to serve God, but isn't there another way? Do whatever he tells you to do. But what if I don't feel like it? What if I just don't want to? Do whatever he tells you to do. What if it costs me? My friends. My job. Or my family. Do whatever he tells you to do. You mean I have to go tell other people about him? Do whatever he tells you to do. What if it embarrasses me? Do whatever he tells you to do. But I'm I'm not a good speaker. Do whatever he tells you to do. Jesus lived a life of service and sacrifice and submission. That's what he calls us to. You mean I have to do that too? Do whatever he tells you to do. Church, do you know what really defines discipleship? Do you realize that it really truly is simply a willingness to what? To do whatever he tells you to do. In your bulletin, there's a card, a connection card. How about reaching in there? If you haven't done it yet, put your name on there and uh, put your email on there. Everybody, this is members too. It helps us with our counts every week. Um, If you're a first-time guest, if you want to give us a little bit more information, Mark, first-time guest, we have a a gift for you out in the lobby. In fact, several of our people have actually started reading the book, Person of Interest, um, by Jay Warner Wallace, and they're finding it fascinating as he tries to show how history shows that Christ actually lived and that he died and who was responsible and all of that, the way a homicide detective would solve a no-body homicide. 
looking at things within history outside of the Bible. If you're a first-time guest, we'd love for you to get a copy of that book. It's sitting out on the table there. There's also a um, very easy-to-read Bible and uh, in a coffee cup. If you want one of those, just go ahead and take them. They're out there for you. Just, just fill out the card and put it in the basket out there. The rest of us, we're going to put it in the offering bag as it gets passed here in just a little while. And for all of you guys that actually read on the back and you looked at Psalm 51 and Psalm 61 this past week preparing for the day, I apologize. We will look at that next week. But in my haste, I forgot this was Mother's Day. So Last week, I put that down. That's okay. That means if you didn't get it done, you have an extra week to go over and read that. And we're going to be talking about David and prayer next week. Also, there's a few things to sign up for. Maybe you're coming to a point of understanding that you need to do what Jesus has been telling you to do. And you want to find out something about becoming a Christian, something about baptism, or maybe he's guiding you to do some other things. There's an area there on the back there where you could mark that. Uh, I'll get that information. Either myself or somebody else will contact you. But we'd like to, to, to talk with you if you're ready to take another step and uh, move forward. But those are... Um, Simple words, aren't they? I'd I'd like to make this a very, very long sermon, but I don't know how to add to that. It's very simple words from the mother of our Lord, powerful words. Do whatever he tells you to do. Are you ready to do that this morning? Maybe he's telling you to let go of that something that's bugging you and to focus on something that's much more important. Maybe he's telling you to stop living life for yourself and start living life for him. Maybe he's telling you to to help out that neighbor you know that needs a friend. Perhaps he's telling you to, to set aside that secret life that you forget that God knows is there and you think is secret and really isn't and to let that go and to let his spirit fill that void that you have. Maybe he's just simply telling you to trust him. To let him clean up your life. To make him Lord. And to accept him as Savior. In other words, today, it's time to do whatever it is he's telling you to do. Father God, we thank you for the joy 
that comes in knowing you. And Father, we even thank you for the discipline that you give because we know that a parent, a mother, a father, they discipline the children that they love. And we know, Father, you are after what is the best for us. And Father, we know that without the cross, we are lost in our sin. And we thank you that you have paid the sin price for us if we're willing to accept you as Savior and make you Lord of our life. Father, I pray that everyone in this room will consider Mary's advice and adjust their life where they know they need to adjust. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.